Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Hey, here we are. Welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. So glad that you're along for this particular ride. I got Jordan Reynolds on the show, performs as Rose Hotel. Thanks to everyone for being here. So psyched that you are here. As I'd like to remind everyone at uh, this point in time in the episode, there's a number of different ways that you can get involved with the Roadcase community. Real quick and easy way is to follow us on the social medias. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our handle is at RoadcasePod. And if you'd like more information about Roadcase, you can visit our website, www roadcasepod.com. You can also email us with questions, comments, concerns. Our email is info at roadcasepod.com. Another great way to support Roadcase, and we really do appreciate and depend on the support of all you amazing listeners, uh, to subscribe to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform. Really, really easy way to do that is on Spotify. There's a little box underneath the, um, uh, the, at the Roadcase homepage, it says follow, just click on that, uh, on Apple podcasts, which is another popular streaming platform. There's a check mark in the upper right hand corner. Just click that doing so on both those platforms and on other platforms will allow you to receive updates when new episodes come live. Another great way to support Roadcase is to rate and review us on your favorite listening platform. So on Spotify, underneath that follow box, there's a box that with a couple stars on it, just click that. It's as easy as that on Spotify. On Apple Podcasts, you just scroll up a little bit from the the Roadcase homepage where you are right now, and you'll see some stars and a place to write a review. If you can do both those things, super helps out the show. Really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you that have done that so far. Really happy that you're along for this ride. So I've got Jordan Reynolds on the show for this episode. Jordan performs under the name Rose Hotel. She is an Atlanta-based artist. Her upcoming album entitled A Pawn Surrender will be out in the fall of this year. She has performed on stage with Faye Webster and with Susto. She grew up in Western Kentucky uh, near the area where S.G. Goodman grew up. She's friends with S.G. Goodman, used to hang out and perform with her, one of her first bands with uh, opening for S.G. Goodman at different venues, etc. Uh, S.G., I interviewed for this show uh, on episode 157 late last year. Uh, that was a live interview here in Chicago. Please go check that out when you can. Jordan's first release was an EP in 2016 and her LP debut in 2019 was entitled, I will only come when it's a yes. Uh, she is going back into the studio, mixing her upcoming album at this time of the year. And we will see that back in the fall. Uh, she's just a really wonderful human. We just fell into a really nice and easy flowing conversation. We went in all kinds of different directions. She was a delight to have on the show. Really happy. Uh, I'm going to see her in town tonight. The recording of this Thursday, January 19th, I will be seeing her at the golden dagger here in Chicago for the tomorrow never knows fest. Uh, that should be a 
really good one. Really looking forward to that. A little bit on the timing of this. Uh, we recorded this interview at the end of last year. So when we talk about next year, we actually mean this year, 2023. So just to clear that up a little bit. Also, we talk about the Show X app, or I mentioned it briefly. That's Lincoln Showfield's app for artists that want to book their own shows. Uh, please go check out Lincoln's interview, episode 81. And I'm sorry, Lincoln, when it came up, I blanked on your name, but I remember the Show X app. Just wanted to give you a shout out here in the intro. Uh, everyone go listen to Lincoln talk about his app and learn more about him in episode 81 uh, from 2021. So, uh, really happy to have Jordan Reynolds here. Uh, really happy to have all of you along for this episode. Want to thank you all for being here. And I want to thank Jordan Reynolds once again for being here for this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Hey, Jordan. So great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome, man. So, so, so great to have you here. I love, I love your work. I, I love what you're doing. I love that lane of kind of, I don't know, we don't need to put labels on it, but I'm going to anyway. I'm just going to say like psych folk and alt country. And it's just, it's super beautiful. And you, you've got an amazing voice. You were talking about knowing SG. Tell me about your SG story. How do you know her? Because uh, you said you listened to that episode. I just had her on the show. She's, she's wonderful. Yeah. So I, I know Shana. SG, 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 SG that is for yeah. those that are, you know, that weren't aren't familiar with her, but go listen to that interview too, because it's amazing. It is really good. I love listening to her interviews. She's she's such oh a God. wonderful speaker. Um yeah. yeah, I know Shana from Kentucky. Uh, uh -huh. I grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I had a band from 2012 to 2017. It was called Buffalo Rodeo. It was like my first touring band oh, okay. and we played with sg's old band the savage radley like back at, at like dive bars in kentucky oh wow uh, this one called tidballs but yeah so that's how we met but it was a long time ago and then we kind of reconnected because my really good friend michael ruth plays guitar in her touring band so that's how we reconnected oh cool is that the one that yeah. wears a dress no, the other one. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I, I thought a, of, I remembered that, but no, they're, they're all great dudes. They're all, yeah. I I really only know Mikey. Um, and then I did a, I sang with her. She did a session in Atlanta and I did a, I sang with her for it. But, oh, okay. Yeah. So Bowling Green, is that, I know, um, SG's from like Western Kentucky. Is Bowling Green Western Kentucky also? Is that? Yeah. Bowling Green is where Western Kentucky University is. Oh, okay. All right. So it's a. Isn't it's, there, is that Bowling? It's an hour north. There's a Bowling Green I, University too or something, isn't there? Yeah. That's in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of okay. confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Bowling Green's an hour north of Nashville, like oh. right up 65. Okay. All right. And so you grew up there? Yes. I moved around a lot as a kid. Like I, I moved a ton, but Bowling Green is kind of my hometown. Oh, all right. And you're in Atlanta now? Yes. So why'd you move around a ton as a kid? Oh, it's just kind of like parents jobs and I, I don't know my parents were wanderers I guess but yeah so we moved I went to like 11 different schools really uh, really up. wow that's mm -hmm. hard yeah it was it was definitely a lot of uh kind of picking up and 
going and settling and then picking up. But I think it kind of primed me for being able to make friends kind of anywhere, which has been helpful in being a musician. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 11 times. So, okay, what, what did your parents do that took them around the country so much? So my dad worked for General Motors. Uh-huh. Um, he's from Michigan, and that's kind of, I feel like most folks from Michigan end up working automotive. Lots of um, them, yeah. So partly because of that, and then partly because my mom kind of did a lot of random things, but it was just kind of like, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of rhyme or reason always. Oh, okay. You felt kind of, yeah. did you feel sort of unsettled and like, un, did you feel supported emotionally? Uh, I mean, that's a no. Definitely felt unsettled. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'll say that I've spent a lot of my adulthood kind of like unpacking and, and putting pieces back together of all of that stuff for sure, <laughs> which is like definitely <laughs> part of music for me is, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, that's, um, yeah. I mean, I, I only moved like a couple times, but you know, it's a, it's, it's hard if you don't necessarily feel like, you know, your parents were essentially emotionally supportive, which doesn't necessarily mean that people's parents weren't there, but you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I don't want to like say weird things about my parents, but here, <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, if my, mo- if my 82 <laughs> year old mom could actually find my podcast, then I'd kind of maybe be more concerned about saying things about her. But I mean, <laughs> artists- I mean, I feel like our parents need to know at a certain point, right? They've got to understand like nobody's perfect, even if they try to be. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's important for someone to tell their parents, like if there was an important factor of growing up that that eventually affected someone's emotional state or their relationships, because clearly that's the first real relationships that you have with your parents, ostensibly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I had a sort of difficult relationship with my mom, with my mom for a number of different reasons. And, you know, I had had explained to her that I needed to tell her the impact that it had on me. Yeah, I completely relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Was that something that you that you sort of that you went through and is it a basis of what your kind of artistic expression is to a certain degree? I think hmm, Well, I actually don't have a relationship with my mother. Okay. Uh, at all. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's it's totally I've done a lot of therapy and work around it and yeah, also absolutely. written songs about it. And, right. uh, but yeah, I would definitely say that those, I think a lot of like music, a lot of those songs that I write have to do with relationships, not only with others, but also the relationship that you have to yourself and the different versions of yourself. Mm. And I think the different kind of, characters that we inhabit and sometimes that that comes I mean not sometimes that always comes from your upbringing and comes from like your first relationships with your parents with your siblings with your friends your chosen family and your family of origin and I think that yeah I mean it has a huge impact absolutely yeah like those the yeah, absolutely. The the way that you relate to the world and the way that you relate to others, but you think about that a lot. That's something that you, that is sort of a focus of, of your life and the, the way Definitely. you look at the world. Yeah, I'm really, I became, 
I mean, I've kind of always been interested in this, but over the last like four years, I've become just very interested in just psychology in general Mm -hmm. and attachment theory and kind Mm. of how we, yeah, how we interrelate with others, but also how we, yeah, like inhabit all of these like different ways that we relate with ourselves and how that can like affect how you relate to that external world, Yeah, you know, like uh your internal world. Right. how it reflects outwardly. And yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Well, the corollary of that is that you put out what you want to bring back in. And um, yeah. yeah, it's a thing that sort of um, I really find interesting is when you have a lot of different friends and you, you sort of stack those friends up and how each friend sort of fits a different part in your life. It's kind of that personality, like, okay, this is a friend that I talked to this with about, and this is a, t- I mean, clearly people have friends that they talk to everything that they, to whom they talked mm-hmm. about everything, but yeah, it's so interesting. That's a kind of a little bit about what you're saying is like finding what, what you put out and, and relating to others with, in, with, for certain aspects of, of who you are. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's actually like, it's funny. This is kind of not to segue about it, but that's kind of what my new record that I've been working on is kind of about loosely. Uh It's, it's, I kind of had this concept about how I was playing a lot of chess and (sighs) I was I had come up with this song uh, called a king in a pawn and I was kind of like, Oh, like in a way, like life kind of feels like chess and like all of these different pieces have different strengths Mm -hmm. and weaknesses and how at any certain point, like at the end of the day, you're the player, but you have all these things that you can utilize in different ways. Mm. And like, what do you, what can you allow to be sacrificed? What do you need to hold on to? Like, and and then how do you read the people you're playing with and kind of their pieces and all of those aspects of them. So that's kind of like what the loose concept is. And each song kind of like plays into that a little bit. Uh, interesting. Kind of loosely. It's not, ex- it's not super explicit, but interesting. Yeah. Well, the new, the, the upcoming album t- entitled, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be that or are we saying working title, I mean, retaining I, title? Working title. Uh, yeah, working title. Okay, we'll say a working title because, we'll, you know, not that you're tied anything, not tied, not that you're tied into anything we actually say on Roadcase. However, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Upon Surrender is the current working title for your album that's going to come out sometime next year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I can't wait to hear it. Just based on um, going over your catalog, it's 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 really compelling. It's super in my lane, which I which I, I really enjoy. Not that that's a prerequisite or anything, but it's um, I do really love it. Um, your your debut album and uh, your, that that's your your only album or long playing album to date. I will only come when it's a yes. That's from 2019, and then you did an EP in that in that time, most recently, uh, the house that we knew, um, are those, mm-hmm. uh, are, are you, um, are you moving ahead with those type of themes or, um, is this, how does that, well, clearly you're very thoughtful human about interpersonal relationships and your relationship with yourself and how your relationships with others affects your own self and vice versa. Um, does that become a common theme for you? I mean, yeah, we kind I, I kind of said I sort of know the answer to that because that's what we've been talking about. But right, does well, it yeah. does that continue? I, I suppose it would be sort of hard to get away from that if that's part of who you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. Clearly, 
Well, I think like, I, I definitely think it's a continuation. And I think as I get older, I just continue to learn how multifaceted all of it becomes Mm. and how complex relationships can be and how, how many different structures and dynamics you can have that don't have to necessarily like fit a mold of what you think you're supposed to behave like or, or interrelate about. I don't know if that is making sense, but anyway, to answer your question, like, yes, I think it's a continuation. I think like for this upcoming record, I, I really allowed myself to like dive into like kind of like inhabit a character kind of like a chess piece or something of what that song is about to really like not be afraid to just dig into one aspect. If mm. that makes sense. Kind of like, I feel like I will only come when it's a yes. Like that was, I wrote that record when I was like, when I moved to Atlanta pretty much around that time. So that mm-hmm. was six, six years ago. Mm. And, and then I kind of, it didn't come out till 2019, but I had been writing it for a ah, while. And okay, I felt yeah. like that was, still kind of me like dipping my toes in a little bit um with like where I was what what my voice was trying like I felt like maybe I was really more focused on myself in that period of time and Interesting. I think for this upcoming record I'm kind of like looking outward a little bit more if yeah. that makes sense at all <laughs> but I well, don't know I mean Who it's knows? your own experience it doesn't necessarily need to quote unquote make sense yeah right yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also it, it changes all the time. I find different meaning on different days. Interesting. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it, it it reflects an evolution in how you're thinking about life and and moving and moving forward. But a key to your own life seems to be relationships that you have with others and mm-hmm. what you're thinking is behind that. I think the title is interesting. I will only come when it's a yes. You said you know it was a little more self centered, but. Um, what does that actually mean? Like you didn't want to go somewhere unless you know you're going to be accepted or something like that. Or am I I taking it it literally? I mean, I I don't know. There's a, I mean, there's only, there's like a slight double entendre there, but yes, essentially. I mean, it was, it was essentially, I will not be there if you don't welcome me and want me there. Yeah. And I also won't be able to get there if I don't feel like you want me there. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a kind of a push pull thing. You don't want to go if you're not going to be accepted and you want to make sure that someone wants you to fully show up if you're there. Right. I guess. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah, I think it was a little bit irreverent. It was like me being like, okay, cool. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to just always be here. Like I'll only come if it's a yes. Like if you're saying yes, don't take me for granted, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of break the swearing barrier for this episode. Uh, just so you feel comfortable. <laughs> um, cool. Because yeah. I have a horrible, I have a horrible potty mouth, so that's great. Yeah, let's. We can, <laughs> we can do that. I don't think that we're necessarily offending anybody. I haven't got a bunch of hate mail about how many f bombs I drop, but I try not to do it gratuitously. I try to do it elegantly. Let's let's say that. Um, were your parents musical? How'd you come about this, uh, the musicality? And because um, and you have such a wonderful voice. Like, is that, like, you know, thank where, you. where did that all come from? I mean, you have a great talking voice too. I'm really enjoying listening to it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, I, you know, my parents weren't particularly musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad worked in the factory mm. and my mom was, 
my mom played music, like she played piano and she encouraged me and my younger brother to, you know, like take guitar lessons and all of that. And so it was always supported, uh, but it, you know, I, I didn't come from like a musical lineage by any means. I think I just came from like people who appreciated music. Um, more so than anything else. Yeah. Um, and what about your musical influences? And, uh, you know, I, I, and, and it just comes to mind that you're doing a Fleetwood Mac tribute show. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> early, early show on, on New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, we lost one of the, the great singers of, the, in, of all time. I know. In, in that band that I'm, I'm really sad about and went back to. Actually, <clears throat> went back to the album, the Fleetwood Mac self-titled which she's so good. Christine McVie is really like hugely featured on that album as well. So such beautiful songs. I love their yeah. first album almost as much as I wish rumors were produced in the same sort of feel that their first album was, you know? Yeah. I, I so, I mean, honestly, like, especially my first band, the band Buffalo Rodeo, mm-hmm. we were like definitely influenced by Flute and Mac big time. Um, but I mean, I, I kind of have been singing my whole life, you know, I mean, tr- I know everybody says that, but truly since like before I could talk, I was singing and then, you know, going, growing up, I kind of, I, you know, growing up in Kentucky, there was like a lot of country music on the radio and in the car. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I like loved, but as a kid, I loved Sheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. It's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, you know, my parents loved like Garth Brooks and like Martina McBride and all that kind of like nineties country, two thousands country stuff. But then, I mean, as I kind of came into my own picking out my own music and stuff like that, I definitely, yeah. Fleetwood Mac was a big one. I also loved Laura Marling in high school. Oh yeah. If uh-huh. you know that artist. I don't know um, her very, I don't know the catalog really well, but certainly a name I've recognized. She's a, she was really big. And I mean, she like her influences, I think come from like, you know, Joni Mitchell obviously is, you know, my favorite of all time. I I feel like every songwriter has to at least have dipped into Joni Mitchell Mitchell for sure. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be at Newport this past year for that. Oh my God. Yeah. It was insane. I, I had such Serious FOMO, actually, because my friend Mikey was there and my friend Vivian were both there. Oh, I'm friends with and Viv. I'm friends with Viv McConnell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vivian's my best friend. Oh, really? She's yeah. amazing. Okay. Well, tell her I said hi and I want her and we're going we're gonna to get her on the show at some point too. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> she just, yeah, she just did, did a really cool performance at the Chicago Athletic Association. I don't know if you maybe saw pictures. It's just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be in Chicago in January. Right. She's playing in, I'm playing um, Tomorrow Never Knows Fest. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, this uh, festival, like several different um, uh, venues in Chicago over, what, January 18th through the 22nd, like Golden Dagger, mm-hmm. Lincoln Hall, Shubas, and... Um, yeah. Fuck, I'm forgetting one now. I... Uh, Metro, maybe? Maybe Metro. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm, Vivian's going to be in my band for that show. Oh, great. Great. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be there. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, as far as influences go, oh, sorry about that. Um, what was that? As far as influence goes, the the noise. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, I didn't even hear it. I was like, what? Oh, that's good. Okay, okay great. Um, it just kind of, I feel like it's kind of the classics, like grew up a little bit on country, but also like loved folk music, mm-hmm. obviously Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Laura Marling was a big one. And then, I don't know. I feel like what, my influences are kind of always range. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, and, and, and you can hear that sort of multivaried kind of influence in, in, in your music and taking it in a lot of different types of directions within a particular genre, overall feel, I think it's, it's, it's really cool. What is it about Sure, I, I find Cheryl Crow really intriguing and I really like the inner, her, she did a recent interview with Mark Marin, which was really great on his podcast. Ooh, really? Yeah, I gotta listen to that. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Marin's one of my, one of my, I, I admire his work so much, but, um, yeah, she's just, um, he's great. She's got great stories. She's super relaxed. You know, she's been there kind of done that. And she's, um, you know, I feel like with the amazing, huge level of success that she had early on and then, you know, sort of kept that sort of creative flow going with a real sort of level headed, um, attitude and she's super grounded, has kids. She's a good mom. Um, she's goals. I mean, she is absolutely goals. I mean, like I loved her as a kid. Well, I mean, I guess like, yeah, like an eight, nine year old and then into high school and stuff. But now as an adult, like I'm actually turning 30 on Sunday. So congratulations. Thank you. Really excited about it. I'm really ready to leave. (laughs) Twenties <laughs> behind. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, when's your birthday? Uh, the twenty third of December. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 30, well, thir- well, thirty's a big one. I'm fifty nine, so I'm on the. I got a big one coming up the following year. Oh so my god! Like. You know, I'm going to enjoy this last year with a five in front of it, but like 30 is a big year though. Cause my oldest is 25 and, um, I was just today thinking about, wow, well, she'll be 30 in five years and that five years is going to fly by for me, but from 25 to 30, that's a long time. That's a huge amount. Oh of my goodness. It is massive. Yeah. I thought like 18 to 23 was big development or whatever, but oh my gosh, the last, I honestly feel like. 27 to now feels like a totally different person. Well, that was, <laughs> but, and it was utterly, I mean, I feel like a different person after those three years. <laughs> yeah, like, no I, kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's been hard. You can't even, you can't separate out the two almost. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I remember like laying in bed on my 28th birthday, like, because I was, I think it was like still during, maybe it was like pre-vaccine. I can't remember, but it was mm. like, I remember crying and being like, I just feel like my 27th year was taken from me. Yeah, like, I'm you know, really upset about it. I'm entitled to all the happiness in the world. And now it's just all yeah. crumbling now. <laughs> right. I know I was emotional about it, but yeah. So how do you feel um, about 30? I feel very excited. Yeah. New album coming up. I feel like it's going to be good. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's feels like a, I'm ready. I'm ready to, I'm ready for the three in front of the number instead of the two. It's been (laughs) 10 long years. (laughs) Yeah. Did you go to college? Well, you said you went to, uh, uh, wait, or you were just telling me that college was in that town. I, yeah, I didn't go to Western. I did go to college. I dropped out twice because I, I went for a little while and Mm. like, you know, right out of high school. And then my band that I was in started touring. And then I was like, well, I'd rather do this. So I'm going to do this instead. Mm-hmm. So I was a really good student. Like I love school. I still love school. Yeah. Um, and then during COVID, when I was, you know, everything, all my tours that I was supposed to be on all got canceled. I was like, okay, well, I guess I can maybe try to pick back up some classes to just try to finish. And so I did school for a year mm-hmm. in 20, like 2020 to 2021. But then I got another gig touring with a band as a hired gun and 
I was just like, well, I'd rather be doing this. So I kind of, I feel like I'll just do school when I'm not on tour. (laughs) Well, you can be self-taught too, you know, I mean, just like, yeah. And do the classes now with online learning. I mean, you can do classes, get a degree over time, I guess. Uh, Hard to fit in. That's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. Hard to make a Yeah, I'm just chipping away at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about, um, oh, oh, I wanted to ask you, what band did you say you were playing with? So last year I did a lot of hired gun work, but I played with uh, this awesome band from Charleston called Mm -hmm. Susto. Mm -hmm. Um, They're great. I really love those guys very dearly. Yeah, that's Uh, Justin. So I got to play with um, them. Justin Osborne. Osborne, right. Okay. Yep. So played keys and sang backgrounds because I sang on their record and did all the background vocals on their last album that they just put out in 2021. Mm -hmm. And so they just asked me to do the touring lineup um, for that record. And then actually, I just finished recording all the rest of the background vocals for their new album that's about to come out. Oh, great. Uh, But yeah, so I did that. I also played... I played with a, I kind of pop in and out of different bands. I got to play with Faye Webster last year. That was really fun. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, she's an awesome artist. We actually got to open for Wilco on tour. Oh, which fantastic. Was pretty amazing. Yeah. Where was that? Uh, when was that at? Uh, we did nine shows with them. Oh, wow. So it was oh, all so, on the West oh, Coast. Okay. All right. Wow. Cool. Yeah. It was, yeah. I got, I was just filling in for somebody who couldn't come and I was like, this is the best oh, fill in cool. gig ever. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had Michael Jorgensen on the, on the show a ways back and then I was on oh your, my gosh, I was looking, so nice. scrolling through your Instagram just to get a feel for what's up. And uh, I saw he was liking a couple of things. So I was like, oh, there had to be a Wilco connection there somewhere. Yeah. He was, he was so, so kind. He's a good, so guy. nice. Yeah. I think they all are really. That must have been a Honestly, that must have been a great experience. What was that like going doing that? It was I mean, it you know, I've been a DIY independent artist since I was I mean, forever, but if I started touring when I was 19, right? And so I've and it's always been DIY. Mm-hmm. It's always been yeah, very indie. And then getting to be with Suso was cool because it was like a step up. Like they have like an actual booking agent. I got actually day rate, like all of that, you know, it was like yeah. really cool. And then, but then going to Wilco, it was like opening for them. It was like, this is like the level I've been at for a really long time. And then I got to level up a little bit with Susto and they're yeah. great, but they're still touring in a van, you know what I mean? And yeah. like that kind of vibe. And then going to that Wilco tour, it was like, oh, this is like the top tier of yeah. Yeah. touring like right just as well, far as the crew that they have and the professionalism and like you know we phase crew we were like in a van just driving along and stuff and it was great yeah but i was like oh my god this is this is like the it was just so incredible to watch them their whole operation work and yeah. how cool everybody was and yeah, it I had Eric like, Frank. There's like 22 on. people. I had Eric oh Frank on the show. Yeah, he's really cool. What a good dude. He was so cool. Also, I have a really funny story about Eric, actually. <laughs> um, so I'll try to make it quick, but yeah, so you I, make it as so, long as you want or quick. <laughs> you do you. Um, I I've so to to be on that tour, I had to fly out to California to meet the band in um the at the first show. So yeah. I actually like I was filling in for them and I had had an obligation in Nashville that I had to be at the day before the first show. So I had to fly from Nashville to Oakland to get to the first gig. Um, and I get, so I didn't arrive with the rest of Faye's band. So I get to the venue, um, 
phase manager comes up and gets me. And this was in October, 2021. So everybody was getting COVID rapid tested. So I was waiting for my test results. And then somebody came up to me and this other person that was standing there, like kind of backstage. And we're like, hey, who's here for sound check? And I was like, I'm here for sound check, you know, because I hadn't even met the band yet or anything. But I was like, I don't want to miss sound check because I had literally never played with this band before. Like the first time I played with them was our first show. Right. And so I was like, I can't miss sound check. So I was like, I'm here for sound check. And so this person comes and gets me and takes me onto the stage. And then I meet Eric and it was me and this other man, like an older man. And we were just standing there and he's like, okay, guys, like, welcome to the Wilco stage. Uh, we're going to give you a little tour of the stage and then we'll, uh, you'll be able to see the band sound check. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they like did this for the rest of Faye's band, like gave like a tour, like the tour, the TM gave a tour of the stage. And so Eric starts showing us like, here's Pat Sansone's rig. And then here's this and like kind of showing us. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, Does I don't think, think that Faye this Webster? is. Well, no, I thought I was like, I don't think he knows I'm in, I'm in the band. Like, I think maybe, I don't know, but I was like just going special, with it. What your thought, maybe it was this, maybe it's a special like a VIP, VIP experience. So, oh my God. So, and the, okay, this is the other caveat. All right. And this is, I'm kind of outing myself here a little bit, but I had flown into Oakland and my two friends picked me up from the airport to drive me to Napa. Yeah. And my friend works in the cannabis industry. Uh-huh. And so... I arrive to California yeah. and then the first thing they do is hand me yeah, like yeah. a weed pen. Right, and right. I was like, Oh, I'm in California. Like having yeah. a great time ended up getting way too high, <laughs> which was a mistake Yes, because then I, and I don't really smoke weed that much. So it was like, you know, I keeps getting better, Jordan. <laughs> so I like, so, and I was in the car for an hour. So I was like, okay, I'll be able to like, it'll be fine. Right, whatever. Right. And then I get there and I'm getting COVID tested. I'm getting shuffled in Yeah, like, and I'm, too high really and i'm like also nervous because i want to make a good impression on everybody and all this shit and then anyway so i'm like a little high and this whole tour is happening of the stage and i was just like oh no like i'm not supposed to be here i'm this is a mistake and then i was like i'm just gonna go with it i guess because now it'd be awkward if i like stop you know and then eric stops like takes a pause and he's like so do either of you guys play play any music do you play any instruments and i was like oh no Oh no. And then I was just like, um, not your fault. Actually, not your fault though. I'm going to like, I'm listening to this objectively. That is not your, they did not ask you what the deal was or who you were. No. Or what exactly well, and this lied. other guy, you didn't lie. You, did, you didn't me. misrepresent yourself at all. Right. No, yeah. no, no. I didn't no, lie. No, no, no. Yeah. But this other guy with me was like, you know, a, a, like a, a older Wilco fan and he's just like living it up. And I'm like, Oh my God, something is wrong. And anyway, so when Eric asked, do you guys play any instruments? I was like, Oh, um, actually I'm in the opening band. I thought this was for sound check. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. And then Eric just looks at me and he's like, am I being punked? <laughs> <laughs> and he just, and then Ashwin, Ashwin, the, uh, uh the drum tech, oh, I, don't I think know. his name is Ashwin. Uh-huh. And there was a couple other stage uh, crew folks. And then they just started cracking up <laughs> because because Eric had just given this like beautiful like tour to 
me who's about to be on tour with them for 10 days yeah. and just it was like and I'm, so I'm sitting here thinking boy that's really nice of eric to make you feel comfortable to like right get your know your way I, around the stage so you don't trip over anything or you know right yeah, i yeah. thought maybe i was like oh maybe he did this for all the other band members and i was right. just later than everybody else because right. i flew in special anyway oh my god that's hilarious that's it hilarious. was so funny and then so it ended up yeah 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 Ended up being like, oh, okay, well, uh, actually, the band's over there. You can go over there. And then the other guy was like, oh, I'm just like, apparently, there was like a radio contest. And if you won the radio contest, you could come see the stage. So anyway, it was also really funny because it was a nice way to break the ice with the stage people because I was the dumb, the dumb opener band member that didn't know what the hell was going on. And I was high. (laughs) And so then it was just funny. It it became like a running joke and it was really, he was super kind. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, uh, wait, I'm I'm sorry. You shouldn't be showing me around the stage. Right. Oh, that's a great story. That's a great story. And it was funny because the guy that I was in the tour with, he was front row for the show. Uh Uh-huh. And so he was like, Jordan, from the audience when we played. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was really oh, the funny. The guy that was on the tour, the v, the actual radio winner yeah. guy was like yeah. shouting you out because he got a front row seat. And so then you're like, yeah. oh, thanks, dude. I was trying to forget that. <laughs> right. Right. And then like the rest of Phase Band just were like, we're like laughing so hard. Oh my God, that's <laughs> was, hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, you know, Faye from Atlanta. I actually met Faye because I got asked to play with her. I had, or maybe I had met her before, like briefly, mm-hmm. but I, she, my name got thrown in the hat through Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, like mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> apart from getting like handheld tours of the stage, like we, you started out talking about how, um, you know, you, you, you became very, you were D, kind of grew up being DIY in the industry, still are to a great extent. Uh, you know, you self-produced your album. Uh, you crowdfunded it as well, I understand. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. At some, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But as long as we're on this subject, what are, like you talked about taking these steps up and leveling up from from your own experience to the Susto touring to, to Wilco. What were some of the other, other, some of the major differences to be at that level versus yours and some might seem obvious but like what in your in in your words what are your impressions there from just a first person perspective yeah i mean i was just extremely impressed with the way that their touring outfit managed everything like they were completely self-contained audio which i thought was incredible like they brought in their own monitors they had their own front of house like the only thing that they used i believe was just the speakers from the like each venue's like front speakers, mm-hmm. but everything else was all the PA, all the, of the, ven- the venue PA. Yeah, they exactly. <clears throat> and then so they don't even have like the wedge monitors on the stage for their own. Well, they do, but they have their own. They, have they their bring own their own. Well. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, cool. it was pretty amazing. And also, they like they let the openers like the, all of their sound people ran our sound too, which was so kind. Like, oh, uh-huh. I don't feel like every headliners do that. Um, so that was really cool. And also, I mean, Wilco has a jam room backstage. Yeah. Like they have a room where they practice before their show. And it's like an entire different set of gear backstage where like all the members of Wilco can just like go warm up. And it's like, and then when they're playing their tech crew, like tear down the jam room. And it's just like, that was so cool. I was like, this is 
brilliant. I saw them. There there was a rain delay over last summer, I think, and they did an either Instagram Live or something, some something along those lines, of just taking the time when they were not playing. Uh, to do like a small 45 minute set in that rehearsal. I guess it's that <sighs> rehearsal room analogously in a different venue. It was, yeah. it was an extraordinary performance. It was so cool. They were right down the hallway. Like we were in our green room chilling, waiting for our set, to- just listening to like Nils Klein and Jeff Tweedy, just like jamming <laughs> with each other. I was just like, this is nuts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and you know, I was trying to like play it cool, obviously, but I was like, fr- I mean, of course I was like, you're freaking out. Freaking out a little bit, yeah. Oh, right. I mean, everybody in Faze Band was. We were just like, "This is crazy." So, how did your, how did kind of your impressions and your mindset change over the course of those eight shows that you did with them? I mean, it just really like it raised the bar in a really inspiring way, mm-hmm. and it also, I loved seeing like the kindness of all of them. Yeah, like it made me. You know, it's easy sometimes with music to feel like the bar for entry is so high and you have to be so like brutal or ruthless or just like get really, really lucky or whatever. It feels really difficult, especially as an indie artist. And it was just nice to meet really successful, like people with like longevity in their musical career and still be so kind and so human. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, okay, you don't have to become like something that you're not to get this level of success. You can be who you are. Yeah, and interesting. Still get there. It just takes. I mean, you know, they're all thirty years older than me. You know, like yeah, yeah. But so that was really inspiring. I feel like my mindset shifted in this way of like, hey, it's a long game, but if you want to keep playing it, it's a marathon. You and that be, felt yeah, you got to be in good. it. But what about the luck part? What part do you think? Well, I mean, because I just sort of thought. I mean, you're incredibly talented, and you you know you deserve to be in those positions. But um, Thank you. you did say the word luck. You did say, and I'm sort of then, I remember you saying that, well, my name got picked out of a hat kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, it's like the old golfer saying, you know, golf is not a game of luck, but the more, the more I practice, the luckier I get. It's kind of like you know be, being like in the that. right place, the right time, working hard. And then all of a sudden you say you get lucky, but it's really a fa- so many different factors. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I'm and. Thank you for saying that because that's something I need to remember. It's easy to get down a little bit sometimes and be like, oh, you know, why can't I catch a break? But I do, but I have, you know, I've mm. gotten um, experiences that, yeah, it is, it is like you just keep doing it. I mean, my, actually, Vivian said this like uh, to me, we talk, we, Vivian and I talk about this stuff all the time because yeah. we're both kind of in the same boat and, right. you know, just working on your craft and being kind, it's like, she says, kindness is slow, you know, and it is. Mm. Um, but if you just stick to who you are, you will eventually maybe like the golf thing, you get more opportunities, get more luck, quote unquote, you know? Well, what do you mean? Kindness is slow. You mean, it's sort of like, that's kind of riffing off the mean people that push their way to the front, but eventually get, I think get, so. get, get uh, exposed. I think maybe just that, like, if you, I think what Vivian meant by it, what I take away from that is that like, if you just are a good person that treats people with kindness and respect and integrity, it will pay off eventually. It just doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily like diametric opposite of like kindness is slow and meanness is quick or anything. It's more like, good point. Yeah. It's if you just stay true to being a kind person with integrity, 
you do get a payoff. What that looks like might be different for everybody, but it it's like, I guess if people music world things like so much of it is personal coming back to interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like who's the best keyboard player. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm an okay keyboard player, but mm-hmm. I'm not like, you know, some crazy amazing person. But the reason I got that opportunity with Faye was because I ha- I just had a nice relationship with a mutual friend and they were like, Jordan is nice and cool and professional. Yeah. You know? And it's like, if you maintain positive relationships and treat everybody kindly, then your name comes up and people have a positive association with you. Right. That, that goes farther than being like, you know, a shredder. I think. Interesting. Yeah. At least that's what I'm telling myself. honey. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you're not a shredder in your own words. Cause I'm not a shredder. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes shredding does help, but if a shredding person's a dick, maybe probably not. But I, right. I think something that came to mind when you're talking about that is gratitude also, because you were like, you know, kindness is slow. And some people might say, you know, maybe I'm not getting recognized for being a nice person, but there's also a, a, there, there's a level of gratitude as well in being grateful and being able to recognize um, those the successful steps that have occurred in one's professional career, I think. Does that does yeah. that kind of make sense to you? You know, like oh, oh, you know, I'm not being recognized. Well, understand where you are and be 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 grateful for the little steps, and don't be afraid to pat oneself on the back from time to time. Yeah, that's true. Right? It's hard to remember, it's, especially if yeah. you're like I know it's harder. Yeah, a perfectionist <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Um, the DIY thing. So. Um, yeah, you've been doing it on your own. You've been producing your own albums and EPs and uh, raised funding for this upcoming album for its production. Can you talk, you want to talk about yeah. that a little bit? That sounds really cool. Yeah. So I, so I, I co-produce, like I self-produce in the sense of like, I'm in the room, I'm making the decisions, but I have engineers that sure. help me because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't run pro tools or anything like that. One okay. day I want to get there, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I knew that I wanted to make this record and I wanted to do it a certain way. I wanted to do it in the studio in Atlanta with a friend of mine, um, actually two friends of mine that I really trust musically. And I wanted to use the studio. And I also very much karmically wanted to pay all of my musicians like a a day rate, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a label or any backing at all. Um, So I was like, how do I be able to get like, you know, 10 days booked. Cause I had like 14 songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also I don't have a static band at Rose hotel is just really me. And then whoever I can, who's ever available to play with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, how do I get like, how much money is this going to cost? How do I do this? Cause I want to do it a certain way. And I didn't want it to feel as lo-fi as my first record. I wanted a little more like studio quality, like uh, just different style of recording. And I figured out how much it was going to cost. And even then I really under underestimated how much it was going to cost. Yeah, don't, but, we, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I decided to just like uh, bite the, bite the bullet and get, do an Indiegogo campaign fundraiser. Mm. Um, because I just, you know, I'm a, a, I have a day job as a rest as a, at a restaurant, so mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to do it by myself. Uh, so yeah, I raised all in all, like with, I had one really, really generous friend who gave me a pretty sizable donation and then like quite a few other people that donated and ended up raising like 
$18,000, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so self-funded wow, it. Great. And then I still have to come up with like a little bit more to mix the album, but mm-hmm. it's going to get done. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what studio was that? In, is that that's recorded, Atlanta? It was in Atlanta. It's at a place called Standard Electric. Uh-huh. Uh, it's run by the head engineer and producer. Is, his name's Damon Moon. Yeah. He's really great. Uh-huh. And then my friend Graham Tavell is he does he he's recorded everything else I've ever done. Right. Uh, and he has his own studio too, but he just came in and kind of like he was kind of like co-producer, album guru, doula. <laughs> doula. Person. <laughs> yeah. Let's birth this album together. Right. In a quiet room and dark and yes. water. And also water make sure that I make sure that everyone's being nice to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were everybody was nice uh-huh why are people mean to you sometimes or what um n- not that it's just like when you're the only woman in a room with a bunch of talented men yeah they're talented but they're opinionated and uh at times i've had to like be like hey i appreciate you but this is my fucking song play what i'm telling you to play like do you feel step- I- do you feel stepped on a lot in those situations not anymore. That's good. Yeah. Oh, but I used it, was to. it was it uh, at, was it um not anymore. Is that because you changed the way that you approached it or you found more of a voice? Why why was that? I changed the way I approached it. I also stopped working with people that didn't respect me. Oh, well, yeah, fuck yeah. And <laughs> fuck that. <them. laughs> right. I mean, but it's hard when it's your friends, you know? Like Ooh, yeah. being a DIY person like especially when I was younger in my earlier twenties, you know, like you play music with the people that are around you, which are your friends. And typically, you know, like you want to, you want to jam with your friends. And, but when your friends are not clicking with you musically, it's, it's harder to tell your friends like, Hey, like, you know, why are you fighting me on this right now? This isn't your song. Like we're, this isn't your thing, Mm. you know, it, and I'm, I'm like boiling it down to it's, it's more complicated than that, obviously. But I just kind of, you know, I had, I did have a friend one time. Basically, I was like having rehearsal, and I had this member of my band who was just like really not respecting me as a band leader and just being really like really shitty. Mm. And I had another friend pull me aside and was like, Jordan, like, why are you letting him talk to you like this? Yeah. And I kind of it t- kind of took my other friend being like, Yo, what is going on? Are you cool with this? For me to be like, oh, you're right. Like, why am I accepting that? Yeah. And I think it kind of took me having somebody else point it out. Because, I, you know, as women, you just kind of accept that kind of treatment, I think. Do you think women and, treat each other well in those situations? Or is it, is it kind of always – and I'm not defending dudes that, that, that um, you know, that were mean to you at that point. Is it always kind of a male-female kind of dynamic? I can speak to that because I've never recorded with a female engineer. I would love to do that. And mm. I, but I will say like the women I've played music with, like Vivian, um, and Faye. And I mean, there's been a few over the years. I mean, it's mostly guys just living in the indie world, indie alt country psych. Cause I come from like a psych rock kind of world. Mm-hmm. It's mostly men, but, um, I don't, I, every woman I've worked with has been like extremely respectful and like empathetic. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I, I kind of have a feeling it wouldn't be like that. But not every, not, but not every man, dude. No, no. Very. It, I feel lucky that I've found like a group of men that I work with now that are all really respectful and like see me as an artist and treat me that way. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't always been like that. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I mean, it's, it is the experience. But it's getting so it's gotten so much better over well, the last even just like five years. That's great. That's great. And uh, obviously, you're doing you're changing that too because you're not accepting people treat dudes treating you like a dick, like just being a dick about stuff and 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 just right. walking over you or whatever, whatever, what have you. You know, runs the gamut. Well, I'm sure. I, but if you're if you're putting your foot down and, and and not accepting that as a norm, then you're doing your part to kind of change that as well. And part of that was getting enough money to pay everybody to then be like, Hey, you're working for me. Like, right. Shut you know, up. like I've hired you for your skills. Right. Like you work for me. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. Don't I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, and, I'm and it's never like that now. Like my recording session I had with this summer with all the people that worked on this new record was, it was awesome. There was none of that. It was yeah. not a problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But, cool. But um, maybe it's cause I hired them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, well, you're just a badass. Don't second guess yourself on that. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you've, you, you've already recorded this album and you're set to mix it. What's, what's the, what's the timeline on that? So I go in the mixing studio January 3rd. Mm -hmm. So starting the new year recording, you're starting it off mixing. right. Not wasting any time. I'm so, so thrilled. First I'm actually working day of with 2023 and you're in the studio. There you go. Yep, I'm going to Athens to mix uh -huh. uh, with this producer. His name's Drew Vandenberg. Mm -hmm. He actually did um, SG Goodman's record and Faye's record. So I just knew wow, like fantastic. some folks that had worked with him. Um, and he's really cool. And I'm so excited to work with him. Yeah. And yeah. And then as soon as it's done, I'm going to start sending it out and trying to get somebody to put it out because I don't want to self-release this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much work. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and so then touring, you'll sort of see where it goes with the album and distribution. And maybe if you, if you have someone to dis distribute the album, you know, potentially they could help you book shows. Or where do you see kind of that going? What's your vision for that? Well, I mean, like I said, I've been DIY this my entire career thus far. And I've always booked my own stuff. I which I feel like I'm pretty good at, but I would love to get like a booking agent mm -hmm. involved this time mm -hmm. just so I can like do it more sustainably. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to people about this, but touring is like really sustainably in terms kind of, of like from a personal, personal standpoint, you're not just talking using yes. reusing wa reusable water bottles. We're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, that, that like also, we're about, that would be cool. Yeah. Something that's um, more, human and you know that routing makes sense and you know not driving right. 12 and, hours overnight and showing up tired right. and not being able to perform because your voice is fucked because you didn't get any right. sleep etc and not being able to pay for the musicians and not being able to pay the expenses like all that kind of stuff yeah economically um, feasible there's an economic yeah economically feasible yeah feasibility kind of right argument. not that um, touring is notoriously economically feasible but there are ways to make it a little bit more um, doable. Just guarantees would be nice. Guarant you know, guarantees. Yeah, just looking for it, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just give me like you know. Just give me a bunch hundred. of money up front, and we'll be all good. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I would like to, I mean, I would like to tour next year. Um, I also, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of uncertain because, you know, once you finish a record, it could take a long time for it to come out. So I kind of am also thinking about opening myself up to more like hired gun work next year while I'm waiting for the record to come out. So if anybody's listening, <laughs> Jordan is for hire 2023. Yeah. Become part of Rose Rose hotel. No, no. Oh yeah. no. You're saying, Oh, for you to go and play in other bands and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that'll happen. Anything, yeah, any cool. kind of irons in the fire right now on that front? Uh, I mean, there's about? kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of just people are figuring out their plans, you yeah. know, uh-huh. um, for the year. But yeah. I, I kind of, I just, you know, I weasel my way in somehow. <laughs> First we talked about being nice. Now we're talking about weaseling. Okay. This is going in a good direction. Nice weasel. Nice. nice yeah. Weasel. They're nice weasel. Weasels are nice unless you piss them off, which I don't right. know. I think that's With, a good analogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did touring look like early for you? Like, grinding it out, getting out there in the early days, like local shows or um, living in Kentucky, just playing and doing. And what are your, it was of, like, I mean, it was the relationship with like performance. It was truly, I'm so grateful for those early experiences because it really was like, we got a shitty van for like $1,500. Mm-hmm. We named it Kevin cream bus. It, it broke down so many times. <laughs> oh, um, we got, it got in accidents. Like it was, it's like very cliche. I like how like, you say it got in accidents. Like it had just it, happened to you. This is like the, yeah, the love, I mean, the love bug that's driving. like driving itself now. <laughs> I, I feel like Kevin definitely drove himself at certain points. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like a lot of like regional DIY touring, like yeah. a lot of honestly back in those days, this was like 2012. It was mm. a lot of this. There's like this uh, website called, do DIY.org. Mm. And there, it was like, I feel like it was like the, like the final days of the internet where you could like genuinely go on a forum or some like a Craigslist style website. Cause do DIY.org was kind of like as if Craigslist was, uh, it was like a Craigslist for DIY venues all over the country and the world. Um, I don't even know if it exists anymore, but hmm. the, basically we would like be like okay we want to tour to new york so we're gonna go to richmond and dc and here and here and here on the way yeah and then there we are would apps just, like, like find- that still i had a guy on the show um uh that ran uh show x which is an app where you can do exactly that really yeah. i didn't know about oh, that oh yeah yeah okay go check, cool. check it out check it out yeah i will definitely or, or you can li- uh, yeah listen to, to the, the episode with um Oh shit! Now I've painted myself in a corner, but Lincoln of uh, Show X. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was like a lot of that. It was a lot of. I mean, like we have some like horror stories, you know, like trying to go to South by Southwest as like an unofficial artist right. and like playing some weird shows in Florida on the way and like sleeping on pool tables. We definitely wow. like found ourselves accidentally in the like. I don't even know. We were in Houston and we played this really interesting, weird venue. And then we ended up staying on the third floor of the building that the venue was in. And this guy's like weird commune situation, like just weird things. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so it was very like, you know, going out on, going out on tour, having like $300, you're going to be gone for a month and you're like, I'll be fine. Yeah. And it's like, now that it's like un. No way could I do that. Well, it's it's uh, it's youth, right? And it's inexperience, but those two go hand in hand. 
Yes. And right. it was very fun. And I've definitely, I mean, I have like so many funny memories from all that time, right. but it was definitely like, we weren't, we thought we were like getting ourselves somewhere, you know, but yeah. realistically we were kind of just like delaying our reality or something like we just mm. well i mean did you feel like that at the time or is that kind of that's just your 2020 hindsight on it maybe that's just hindsight yeah. and i will say i made it like an incredible amount of like awesome relationships with people yeah. i mean that's why i moved to atlanta was because my old band would tour all the time with bands from atlanta right. and i was like i should oh, okay. just move to atlanta yeah i mean not to um, mention that you were out there performing right i mean what's t- like right. and that that's the thing and that that was the real exp- that that's the you know your real music experience of that of being out there on tour that's the end product what's your relationship with being up there and performing and having that level of interaction with fans or with the audiences like, or what have you it was really humbling because i know what it feels like to play like completely empty rooms where the only other people are the other band but then also play like a festival date where you're playing for like 2000 people and it would yeah. and like any tour would be like that both of those things could happen in any given week. Right. And so I, and also just, I mean, just logistically, I just got good at like knowing how to talk to sound people, knowing how to like get my gear to work when it's broken, you know, like Mm -hmm. whatever, like random Mm -hmm. kind of things you pick up along the way. And then, yeah, yeah, just like connecting to people in different places. Right. With the, like with music as that bridge was really, really formative and important i think what about putting yourself out there what's your attitude with that your 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 lyrics are very personal we open the whole thing talking about where you're coming from and what you're writing about um what is that like to say those words out loud and put them out into the world in front of people that are watching you do it i mean honestly i think it changes on the day some days it Mm. feels really really beautiful and like connected and other days I'm like, this feels really vulnerable oh, and it feels uh-huh, weird. Uh-huh. And I think like, that's okay for it to feel both. Yeah. Um, well, whatever and, you feel is what you feel. That's okay. Yeah. What, I, what do you, what do you like to I don't think I can to? write any other way. If yeah. that makes sense. Like that's Which, just the way that I What are those aspects do you like to attach to more? The, the, that it feels great or that sometimes it's sort of like, nerve wracking and, and awkward to do it. I think I like, I mean, I think I like it more when it feels great. Like I think when I can, (laughs) (laughs) like, I think I like it when I know that a song that I wrote, somebody listening to it is thinking about their own life, hearing Mm, me say whatever words I'm saying, they're thinking about their life. And I think that's when it feels really good when I can like be a channel for them to process something, whatever that thing is, that's when I feel like, oh, like I have a couple songs where there's like some lyrics that I, you know, like that hit, you know, the the timing could hit. And like you're, if especially in like smaller shows where you're like, the people are really listening. Yeah. I'm like, damn, that lyric just hit that person and I can feel that. And that feels really great. Yeah. Um, it's worse when it's How like. How can you tell that? Yeah, I don't know. How can you tell that that's It's happening? like an energy. You can You can see it's the like focus like a, on you it's a and sigh. Yeah, yeah, you feel you feel that attention from you know a pocket of 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 the crowd or, or what mm-hmm. have you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's there's no other like energy transfer like playing music for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
or from being in the crowd, feeling that someone's putting it out there and you're, and you're, and you're getting that energy too. And you're part of what that, that back and forth is. That's kind of, that's it's intimacy. It's, it's true intimacy. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely so, so amazing. I'm really looking forward to your show. It's January 19th at golden dagger for the chicago fam that's out there and tomorrow never knows is a really cool festival with a bunch of interesting artists and um yeah i hope to get out to a bunch of those and uh vivian mcconnell who's performs as vv lightbody is going to be in your band we got to get viv on the show soon i just saw her and love what she does and she's just a a cool human too um, she's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish you, I wish you all the best, Jordan. This has been really, really fun to learn about you. You've got so many interesting perspectives. Thanks for, um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for sharing. Yeah. It's nice to chat with you. I hope I didn't word vomit all over the place. No, I don't think so. I'll <laughs> clean off my screen later. It's fine. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again for being here, Jordan. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, that was Jordan Reynolds, who performs as Rose Hotel. Really psyched for her show uh, in Chicago. That's uh, tonight for me. Uh, That's at the Golden Dagger as part of the Tomorrow Never Knows Festival. So you Chicago fam, uh, go to Tomorrow Never Knows or TKN Fest website, uh, TNK Fest website, and check out some of the other performers that are coming to town for that small but it's got a big heart this festival uh and it's at several different venues in chicago really love this one like i said uh rose hotel is playing tonight uh jordan's played with a number of different artists as we talked about she toured with faye webster uh she's performed on susto's albums and also toured with them i believe is what she said uh and uh, of course she's also uh performed with her friend vivian McConnell, who performs as Vivi Lightbody, also one of my favorite local Chicago indie musicians. I love Viv, and we're going to have her on the show um, hopefully sometime this year. Uh, like I said, Jordan is uh, con- currently mixing her upcoming album, which should be out this fall, entitled A Pawn Surrender. Uh, she's mixing it with Drew Vandenberg, with whom I believe she's worked before. And uh, Drew has worked on albums by SG Goodman and Faye Webster as well. Uh, I loved, loved, loved Jordan's Wilco story uh, showing up there at on her first tour stop with them and getting the whole uh, guided tour of the stage. Uh, Anyway, you heard the story. That was just like one of the funniest stories that I've heard uh, from an artist touring uh, just completely out there. I loved that one. Thanks so much for sharing that, Jordan. Um, Really excited for Jordan's upcoming album. So glad that she was here. What a wonderful conversation. What a terrific human. Really loved having her on the show. Thanks again to everyone for being here for this episode of Roadcase. And I want to send a special thank you to Rose Hotel and Jordan Reynolds for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. 
Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs>